Yes, good morning, Gippslanders. It's Saturdays here for SEN Track, 91.3 Southwest Gippsland and 91.9 for the Latrobe Valley. We're broadcasting here from Harvey Norman in Wanthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. I'm here with Sam Watson for an overcast morning uh, here in Wanthaggy. We're hoping that uh, the rain holds off. Uh, that way local cricket can, can go ahead today. Good morning, Sam. Morning, Locke. Uh, yeah, as you can tell, listeners, it's pretty windy, and we have had a little bit of rain at one, Harvey Norman, one saggy here. Um, wind's just picking up quite a bit right now, actually. Uh, hopefully, as you said, Locke, the rain holds off for the matches in the LDCA today. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's been a, a pretty big um, couple of days in sport. You know, we've got a fair bit of sport to talk about um, from from a national perspective, there's obviously the Ashes with um, with day four kicking off today. England have, have clawed the, right the way back. Um, uh, other news with the Ashes as well. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about um, Hobart securing the fifth test. Yep. Um, the AFL fixtures been released. There's there's Big Bash going on. Um, of course, the the racing is still very prominent at the moment. We yep. might touch on the the Pakenham Cup also, yeah. um, but then also locally, we're going to touch on quite a bit. We've got a, a massive range of guests today um, talking all things local sport. Yep, yeah, it uh, should be a big day today. Um, Jared Jared Blair to join us at nine thirty to talk a little bit about the Gippsland League fixture, um, and also we will have Xavier Dersma after uh, ten o'clock. And before that, Jed Beaton, an uh, international motocross star who's just come back from Europe, and he'll uh, talk a bit about his experience in Europe um, over the last couple of years. And um, also we will have Paul Amy, who will, who's a journalist with the Herald Sun, and uh, he'll talk to us a bit about his rise to, uh, oh, well, pretty pretty big things at the Herald Sun and for leading newspaper for, and after growing up in one thuggy. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's a, it's a packed show, so we're looking forward to it. We might um, we might touch on a bit of national sport, I think, um, early in... Uh, I, I think it's it's the uh, the chat of the town at the moment with with the Ashes. Um, yep. Day four, so uh, England two for 220. They lead... Uh, sorry, they trail Australia by, by 58 runs, so... They've clawed their way back into it, though, Sammy. And with Brisbane's weather patterns, and there's always a, a thunderstorm or two um, circling, it's fair to say that after Australia dominating day one and day two, um, it's back maybe to almost an even even playing field. Yeah, I'd um, like to see the... I'd, I'll get the odds up soon, but I reckon the draw is not too far off with the way that uh, the game's going at the moment, the way that Milan and Root are looking. They're seeing them very nicely at the moment. Um, Root... Uh, Root is 86 off 158 balls, and Milan is 80 off 177 after Hamid was dismissed for 27 and Rory Burns for 13. So Rory Burns probably a test to forget for him, but luckily Skipper and uh, Milan are standing up at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I think Australia Australia will definitely have to bat again, but um, if there are any chance of... I mean, there is still two days of cricket to play, but if there are any chance to um, to get a win... They're, they're going to need to take um, wickets, I think, in this first session um, up in Brisbane this morning. But it's um, it's been a fascinating uh, battle between between the two sides so far. So, um, yeah, really locked in. And I think it's got the whole country engaged at the moment, the Ashes. It's um, been a big build-up and um, plenty of talk. We, we might as well touch on um, also the, the other um, aspect of the Ashes with, as we said off the top, Hobart have, have secured the fifth test with um, border restrictions 
um, keeping uh, the, the game from being uh, played in Perth. Yep. So there's the, always the potential for it to be a deciding um, test match as well, it being um, number five. So I think a good good result, Sammy, for the Tasmanian state government. Um, and we haven't seen a test there. We were, were chatting off air before. Mm. We haven't seen a test there since, I think, 16, 17, when South Africa toured. Um, it's usually a, a green top, um, and I'm sure um, there, there'll be... You know, plenty of um, anticipation for Tasmanians for that fifth test. Yeah, good on the Tassies. Uh, good on the Tassie locals for getting that. I'm happy for them. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if they have they ever had an Ashes series, uh, an Ashes test match. I'm not sure. That probably would have to be one for um, for Google. Yeah, that, I, don't, I don't. I'm not sure if they have, but they they deserve it. Um, it. Uh, I'm a bit surprised with uh, their animosity that uh, they had with. Um, Cricket Australia over the uh, Tim Payne thing, but obviously all parties have gotten over that, and um, they they uh, they thoroughly deserve it because they they don't get they don't get as much, and it um, maybe maybe Cricket Australia were thinking that it might not be a deciding test, leaving it at Hobart, um, because if it if it happens to be if it's two all going into it, and uh, or one all going into the fifth test, then I bet Melbourne would have been sold out or, or the SCG would have been sold out almost every day but um, hope, uh, the Tassie government did come out and say that they'd be that they'd be matching whatever Cricket Australia uh, raised revenue wise so it should be it should be um, good for them yeah absolutely mate you only have to look at their um, their state and domestic cricket their big bash team in the Hobart Hurricanes they've got a, um, a fantastic following so I'm sure that all Tasmanians will be um, throwing their support around um, you know, what hopes to be um, five days of, of cricket um, played down at, at Hobart. So, um, and just on that, Sammy, we, we might as well roll on to a little bit more of the cricket. The big bash so far, I think the Stars had a win yep. last night over the Thunder. Adam Zampa bowling um, at the death, mm. um, fresh off a, a, a World T20 uh, championship um, yep. with his, his teammate, Glenn Maxwell. Um, what have you made of the big bash so far? Uh, it's been... Uh, it's been a good start. There's been a couple of good games, except for the uh, first one that uh, that was, um, I think, a new record for a winning margin when the Sixers absolutely smashed the Stars. But um, as we know, the Stars had quite a few big names out last night. One of those was, uh, I mean, a few big names out in the first round that played last night. And one of those was Marcus Stoinis, who was seeing them pretty nicely, and um, also Andre Russell, who came across. One thing I did. Real uh, what that did caught, catch my eye last night, mate, was um, Nick Larkin. He said he met Andre Russell for the first time out in the middle. Can you imagine that? So Andre Russell signed. I think it's a four, just a four-game stint okay, um, yep. before he get, heads off. Um, uh, so that's maybe four four games pre-Christmas. Mm. Um, but no, I think. Maybe at local cricket you might find that, Sammy, occasionally where you get a, a ring in um, yeah. and you, you might introduce yourself to, to a batting partner at the other end. <laughs> yeah. But at, at Big Bash level, um, I bet you that was a first for, for Nick Larkin. Andre Russell's probably done it before, though. I, I probably. Bet you he's, um, he probably hasn't met uh, everybody before 
uh, starting the game. But no, look, it's it's good the Big Bash. It's it's always um, entertaining. Mm. I think there's been a couple of really good games, um, back-to-back games for the Renegades and the Strikers went one apiece. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's been some really good games so far. And as you said, it's good to see a few of the international players um, like Marcus Stoinis um, and Aaron Finch, I think, is due to plot start yep. uh, commencing playing. So they're going to start filter- filtering through. And um, look, that's really positive for... Um, I think just, for, for the big bash. Just one thing that is disappointing me is the crowd, crowd um, attendance a little bit at the moment. And hopefully, that can fire up as we get a little bit closer to Christmas and more people are on holidays. But uh, if not, then the big bash has to seriously reconsider um, how they approach the season and how they can get more people back to the grounds because we can't have matches where there's only. Um, 5,000 people there. It's, it's, it's that, it, you need the atmosphere for the big bash. Definitely. It's it's a family-based crowd that they, they try and um, sell it to or, or market to. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can get some uh, improvements on the crowd numbers, Sammy, definitely. Um, we might move on because big news for, for the main sport, I think, in, in Australia, which is the AFL. The fixture was, was released throughout the week. You mm. might have heard at the break, Sammy, that probably one of the biggest talking points at the moment um, in, in the AFL is uh, I think for the GWS Giants they've uh, had or they've added Josh Kelly I think to their captaincy ranks. Yeah. Toby Green stood in for Stephen Canilio part of last year or for the majority of last year and mm-hmm. and now we've got three co-captains. Give us your thoughts on that, mate. You are a part of a local footy club. Yep. You've been you would have been part of um, leadership groups, but have you ever had three captains? Um, I think St Kilda have had that um, maybe with Grant Thomas in the 2000s. Maybe, yeah. They did a rotation policy oh, with okay. yep. uh, maybe Lenny Hayes, uh, Luke Ball and Nick Rewald. Yep. But what are, your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm not sh- I'm not sure on uh, co-captains or, or three captains either. I, I think if you've got someone that's a good leader, you should be able, they should be able to stand up and do the job. I don't think it's something that you put on three people. I think the team needs one person that they can look to for everything and not um, have, have to juggle who they think they should speak to or who they should take example off. But I, I think I think that they're in a tough position with Cornelio that he obviously wasn't in their best 22 a couple of times last year and over the, over the past two years. So I think it might be just a little transition year for Toby Green to take the role and hopefully he can pull his head in a little bit. <clears throat> we love watching Toby play, but... Uh, he, need, he, he can't be captain if he's going to keep getting suspended all the time and doing ridiculous things like he did um, in the elimination final against the Swans. Yeah, to cost, a, to cost a local, side, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And to a local umpire, actually, Matt Stevick, Len Gatherboy. So um, Matt Matt probably was probably the most publicity Matt has gotten in his... Uh, he's probably listening, though, Sammy, let's be fair. He's probably listening. I'm sure, I'm sure he is, but he is a great umpire, Matt. I think he's... Tied, tied the record this year for most grand final appearances with along with Brett Rosebury, I think it is. So he's a, one of the best in the caper. And yeah, the South Gippsland Umpires Association are very proud to have uh, Matt Stevick on their history books. Absolutely, Sammy. I think the other thing to take away from the fixture is that um, Melbourne and 
Bulldogs there yeah. last year's grand finals will kick off the um, the season opener 16th of March so I think traditionally probably for the last uh, six or seven years it has been a Thursday or Friday night clash between the Blues and, and Richmond mm. but um, I think it's good to see um, Melbourne and, and the Doggies they've got a real rivalry that that I think will continue for a, a few years so um, yeah they'll, they'll kick off the season uh, on a Wednesday night soon. What do you think of the uh, argument to say that it would have been a big match already between the D's and the Doggies later on in the season. Why waste it in the opening round when everybody's watching anyway? That's fair, but I think the AFL probably wants to get a lot of engagement um, yep. and they, they want to get a lot of viewers for that, that first game, So, um, which which I can understand. So it'll be a massive clash. I think both of those sides are a real chance to you know finish top four again. <laughs> I don't think they're um, going anywhere anytime soon. No, it doesn't look like it. I won't be surprised if they're amongst the best again next year. And also Friday night, Pies and the Saints. That's happening. You're a Saints man. I am. I'm I a am. Pies man. Yeah, look, I don't... I, I'm just going to try and, um, yeah... Not say a whole lot on St Kilda. I think we we have the potential to make the finals, but um, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed with the way the season panned out for us last year. But um, if Scott Pendlebury is fit and firing, Sammy, I think uh, what what do you uh, say about Collingwood's chances of I, making the eight? The year just gone, I didn't think that we were going to be as bad as what everybody was making us out to be, and I was coming into the season not expecting us to make finals, but. Um, I thought that we were going to be half decent. I didn't expect to finish second last, and they obviously weren't either with trading out that first pick. But um, the way that the side's looking, and I like our free agency pickups, I like our draftees, so um, it won't be too long until we're back amongst the mix. I don't think we'll be in the top eight this year, but give us a couple of years and we'll be back, I reckon, but it's still a long way off competing for a premiership. Definitely. I like the shift of focus with Lipinski. I think he was a really um, smart trade for, um, and then also Dacos. So there's a bit of shift in, in um, development there for a couple mm-hmm. of years, but um, no doubt, you know, the Craig McRae will have um, Collingwood up and going. So yep. we might um, we might shift our uh, our focus to some local sports shortly. Yep. I'm just, just having a look at the odds here, Sammy, over your shoulder. And um, you've got the draw is paying $4.75. If you were a betting man, there is a little bit of value in that. There's definitely a bit of value in that. But obviously the skies look pretty clear up in Brisbane. And uh, they're expecting the Aussies to skittle the palms this morning. But I, I think the palms can dig in and keep going. Absolutely. Well, we might um, take a quick break and then we'll shift our focus um, back to some some Gippsland local sport. We might have a a chat about um, the Gippsland League um, fixture, Sam, that's also been released during the week. We've got Jared Blair, the coach of Wanthaggy Power, coming up. Um, You're here for uh, Saturdays in Gippsland with SEN Track. So 91.3 Southwest Gippsland or 91.9 for the Latrobe Valley. We're broadcasting here from Harvey Norman Wanthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Click and collect available now. Welcome back here. It's Saturdays in Gippsland for SEN Track, Southwest Gippsland 91.3 and 91.9 in Latrobe Valley. Broadcasting here from Harvey Norman in Wanthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Sam, um, we, we might, as I said before the break, we might shift our focus a little bit um, to some local sport and, and chat a little bit about the Gippsland Gippsland Football League. Yeah, let's, let's look at the Gippsland League here. Um, as for our listeners who don't know, there's probably a few of you who don't, Lockie Jones, our host today, is a star winger for One Thaggy Power in the senior senior side. Um, how, how when did you? What age were you when you first started playing for One Thaggy, Lock? Um, I was 11, 11. Sammy. So 
the structure has all changed a little bit from when I started playing. But I was, uh, or my, my my family was affiliated with the Rovers, and there was mm-hmm. no no junior um, competition, so no under tens and twelves and fourteens. It was yep. um, under fifteens was the the first um, age group. So I was eleven when I started playing, and and yeah, still fortunate enough to be. Having a run around now, mate. Love, love my footy. So yeah. And uh, how many senior games would be would you be up to now, mate? Um, I think I'd probably be sitting around the 120 mark, mate. So 120. That's solid. Yeah. So it's no, nah, it's it's been good. I um, you know, I get a lot out of football. It's it's um, you know, you, you see your friends and mm-hmm. you're involved with the community and all that, and it, and um, it presents a great challenge as well. I think um, so yeah, I I do love being. Being a part of a, a football club, mate. So. Yeah. So talk us through the year just gone, mate, and how how you how you saw it, and obviously the unfortunate end to it, especially for you guys after your um, pretty handy year, to say the least. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Look, it was um, bittersweet, you know. Um, uh, we haven't played finals since 2015, and and we were on track to I think um, secure a, a, a top two finish. Um, we had a bit of percentage to try and make up on Lingatha. Yeah. Um, yeah, but obviously the season was was interrupted. But um, no, nah, look, all in all, really positive to have um, Jared come back and and coach um, coach you know the side where he uh, grew up and where he played his his junior footy was fantastic. Um, we had a great um, I think uh, comradeship you know mm-hmm. uh, amongst the playing group, and we were you know nine and one I think it was yeah, or nine ten and, and one. one. So mm-hmm. um, ah, look, it was it was a really great year. Really enjoyed it. Um, I think we're you know, building in nicely into next year, um, and and hopefully we'll be competitive again. I think the, you know, Lingatha were looking really strong. Moe yep. were also um, a really um, solid outfit. So there was a, a few contenders, but um, I'd like to think that we we would have been in with a real chance. Um, so no, enjoyed the year all in all, though, Sammy. It was um, it was fantastic. Really and, liked it. And just as we're speaking about one thaggy, your senior coach Jared Blair has just arrived, and he'll be joining us after the uh, news, which isn't too far away. But um, we'll we'll have a look at the fixture, mate. Is the first first game that you uh, look for against Lane Gatha? Uh, well, traditionally it's um, it's been a, a round one clash with Lane Gatha, okay. on and off, not always. But um, yeah, second of April kicking off, mate, and we're mm-hmm. actually playing Sale. Yep. Um, now with COVID interruptions last year, we um, we didn't actually get to play them. We played, uh, I think, every team once with maybe Morwell and Lane Gatha twice. Yeah. Um, but never ventured to sail, nor did they come here. So, um, and I think they were thereabouts as well. So they were sitting, you know, around the, yeah. the fourth mark. So yeah, they finished fourth on um, seven wins and three losses. Yeah. So the, the we'll be taking on them um, the second of April, mate, which uh, we're looking forward to. Um, had training last night, and um, yeah, the, the numbers have been good, and I think the um, the enthusiasm um, is is really there. So we're hoping to. Um, have a have a strong yeah. strong year again. Round round three, twenty third of April is when One Thaggy will uh, take on Langatha at One Thaggy, which should be a huge huge matchup, um, as, as it always is. But being on Anzac Day weekend, it um, should be a massive one. Is there any other any other big fixture, big uh, games that have caught your eye? Any night games you've got in here, or none um, this year? We've actually, I think the the committee will be really pleased with um, the requests they sort of put into the yep. league. There's no Sunday game, Sammy, which no. I think when we have a few guys travelling from Melbourne and, mm. and there is a bit of distance involved in the travel, um, it's good not to have Sunday games um, and no night games as well. So I think all in all, it's a, it's a 
pretty positive result for the Wanthagi Power Footy Netball Club. Um, their their fixture is quite strong. But as you said, that round three game against um, the Lingath Parrots on the 23rd of April will be a um, it's a it's a massive game. Sammy, you've played in big games as well. I'd probably put it similar to a Killy Bass um, Phillip Island sort of mm-hmm. uh, clash. But um, yeah, I've played in a lot of them now and. I think um, Lingather have been up, up the, the higher end of the ladder um, for the last few years, so it's um, and we've been lower. But I think even still, there's been some close contests. So um, definitely looking that uh, to put that one in the diary. So. Yeah. So just for the round one uh, matchups, we'll let you know. Bansdale will host Morwell. Druin will host Mafra. Lingatha will host Traugan. Traugan have picked up a few uh, AFL players, so they'll they'll be pretty tough to beat this year. Uh, Maui will host Warrigal. Warrigal's also picked up a couple of uh, former AFL players, co- uh, coached by Dean Alga, and Wanthaggy will play Sale, as we mentioned before. Uh, I think we're going to get to a break here. We'll, we'll um, give the listeners the news headlines, and then we'll come back with your senior coach and Collingwood Premiership hero, Jared Blair. Welcome back, listeners. It's uh, Saturdays in Gippsland for SEN. We're broadcasting here from... Harvey Norman Wanthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Sam, we're, we're joined by um, Wanthaggy uh, legend or the Wanthaggy coach <laughs> of the uh, Power Football Netball Club. You know the right things to say, look. I do, mate, I do. Um, selection is always uh, in, the, in the back of my mind, so <laughs> got to look after the great man here. But um, Blairy, thanks, first of all, for, for joining us. We, we just wanted to get you in and have a, a bit of a chat about... Um, the year uh, that, that was, um, or that, that almost wasn't, I suppose, and, and also the fixtures been released, which, um, you know, I'm sure you've cast your eyes over a couple of times. We've got Sale um, first um, first off um, for round one. We didn't play them last year, and um, what's pre-season been like so far, mate? Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, firstly, this year it was good to, would we get it, 11 games out in the end. Um, and I think it was it was just enough to keep everyone engaged and interested. It, it's sort of it's hard to you know keep dragging kids back to to the footy club when there's nothing to really be training for and playing. So, 11 games for the season was good. Um, the competition was pretty strong, uh, and I think it was enough to create a bit of excitement f- for the future going forward. Um, guys put in a lot of work and set themselves up for you know what was shaping up to be a pretty good season. Um, but like you mentioned, it didn't eventuate the way we sort of plan and the way all clubs plan you, you don't ever put in effectively two or three pre-seasons to uh, be pulled up middle of the year um, it is what it is and you know we're really looking forward to playing some uninterrupted football um, in 2022 and that kicks off with sale round one um, who are looking pretty good this year mm. got some quality players you know I would say um, and you know well everyone said but Shannon Lang is, is the best player in the competition. I uh, was lucky enough to play a few games with him at Port Melbourne. Um, and, you know, week in, week out, playing off half-back, playing midfield, he was damaging. Um, he'd usually be getting tagged and would still be able to, you know, rattle up his 30-odd touches and hit the scoreboard. So, you know, I think possessions in, in modern footy is one thing, but to be damaging with it the, the way that Shannon is... Um, is another so looking forward to, to getting that run against Sale. What's, um, what's uh, Shannon's background, mate? Apart from Port Melbourne, where else has he been? Do you know? He's a Sale boy. Yeah. Um, and then I think he went from Sale. He obviously played his Gippsland Power footy, and then I, I'm pretty sure he, he played a few seasons at Port Melbourne. Yeah. Um, 
and was a really solid contributor there. Yeah. And, uh, won the league best and fairest this year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 He did. Yep. It's fantastic to see. I think even from, you know, even though we're playing against them, but guys going back to their their local. Um, club and their local roots and mm. um, you know as Jared's done but also with, with Shannon I, I don't know him personally but by reports he had a, an absolute out, outstanding year but yep. oh, I think that's a real positive for, for um, local footy Yep, Lean Gaffer round 3 April 23 Larry should be a huge match what did you make of your matches with them of the season just gone mate? Um, yeah two really good hit outs mm. yeah we, we, I mean well, Faggy's a footy club sort of look to Lean Gather as, as a benchmark, I suppose. Yep. Um, they're, they're always competitive. They're always putting up putting up good sides on the park and, and predominantly local players, um, yep. which I think is sort of a real testament to the, to the footy club that they run and the program that they run. Um, and the two games this year, you know, it was, I think, it was the, the round uh, or the earlier game of the year, which is round two or three, I think, mm. was was a tussle and it was, a, it was you know, 50-50 right up until probably the last couple of minutes. Um, LJ went back and iced the clock and just, just won us the game there to put us 900 points up or something. But, yeah, that game was in the balance right up until the end. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the clash in Montaggy, there was probably 20 minutes where Lingatha really got on top and that was the ball game. I think they ended up winning by about six goals, but mm. they were just able to be so damaging in that 20 minutes. And, and um, you know, you give a good side like that a, a bit of a break, you're not going to reel them back in, so... Um, yeah, really excited to be playing them. I think it's the Easter weekend lock. Is that right? Yeah, I believe so. Actually, April, uh, Anzac, Anzac Day weekend. A Anzac You've weekend. got Easter weekend off. I think um, yeah. it might be one of the first Easters we've had off in quite a while, which mm. is, um, I think, positive as well. It's good to have a bit of variety there. Yep. Um, Jazz, I, I've got an, another one for you. Um, the league brought in a rule that saw uh, the top two teams host finals. We don't want to be touching and, and talking about finals too early, <laughs> but, um, yeah... Do you, are, you, are we hoping for that again this year? One thing, he hasn't had a final um, in the Gippsland League. I, mm. I believe there was an elimination final which Langatha played Druin in in 2011. Um, and, and since then, all finals have been mainly in the Latrobe Valley. So it'd be a good thing for the club if there was one. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and, and I think too, like the... the um you know the council put a lot of work into the footy round, and they always it's always presented immaculately. And it would be massive for the community to get to get a final here. Um, like you said, like we're not, you know, we're not even at Christmas yet. We're not talking finals. We're just sort of one session at a time, if you like. But ultimately, that is the aim. You mm. um, have a home final here. You get a big crowd, and, and they're the sort of things that that keep players coming back. You know, remember that time we had a final at One Thaggy, We had a good win. All this sort of stuff. You know, it's that's what keeps people engaged, and that's what we'll be striving for. Um, and yeah, like you said. To be able to bring the Gippsland League down to Wonthaggy and put on a good show is, is what we want to do and it's what we aim to do and it's why we turn up to training twice a week to, to try and get better because you want occasions like that. Yep, um, and as Locke touched on before with the uh, recruiting in the Gippy League, it seems like there's going to be no easy games this year. Do you agree with that, mate? Yeah, it's it's really exciting actually. I, I think maybe another sort of slight byproduct of COVID, but there's been a bit of a push down to the country. Mm. Um, and I think the secret's out on Gippsland a little bit, you know, like Hutchie's bringing his radio show down here. It's all happening. So I, th I reckon the next few years in the, in the Gippy League are going to be really exciting. Um, you know, I, I think Brett Eddy's gone to Taralgon, yep. if I'm correct. He's yep. a very solid player and has always contributed wherever he's played his footy, you know, from from South Adelaide to Port Adelaide to where he was in Melbourne. So um, Nick, Nick uh, Graham and Jed Lamb have both gone to Warrigal, I think. Yep. Um, it's a solid midfield now, yeah. yeah that's Tommy Hobbs complimenting them nicely. Yep. Yeah, 
So it's why why do you think former AFL stars are making the move? And it's not just to their home clubs as well. There's blokes going to to sides like Tyrrell and that that have never had any ties there. Why do you think that that's happening? I, th- I think um, guys still want to challenge themselves. Yep. Um, they want to, you know, maybe they're, they're, they're done with the VFL or maybe they're stepping back from Division 1 in Melbourne, but they still want to be playing good football. Um, yep. and, and I think the Gibson League offers that. And you start to throw all these players in the mix, it's, it's not like you said, Sam, there's not going to be an easy game anywhere. Um, and really, that's what you want, you know. It's, it's, yeah, it is nice to roll up and have a bit of a soft one every now and then, but <laughs> it's also nice too to go, hey, we don't know which way this game's going to go. And if you can get there on a Saturday and get the result, um, there is that real feeling of satisfaction after the game, for sure. Um, and just on Warrigal, sort of tip, tip my hat to them a little bit. Um, Nick Graham's a, a Tarragon boy originally, um, you know, with, with ties to um, or, or friendship with, with Dean Alga, the coach. Yep. Um, and then also uh, Jed Lamb's a Yarran boy with ties to Puong. So well done to Warrigal for, um, you know, they, they struggled a bit, little bit last year. Mm. Um, but it's good to see them getting a couple of big names in, and I'm sure it'll help them um, on, on field next year. What was, the name, what was the name of their big ruckman again? That was uh, he was Nat Ruckman in the team of the year. Good player. I forget his name. I forget his name, but he. Uh, I, I heard from a few of the one Thaggy boys that uh, he was pretty menacing to come up against. And I'm, name escapes me, but he, he, he polled well in the yeah, votes as well. So. Yeah. He had a great day against yeah. us. Yeah. 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 He, um, he, so they they should be good to see Warrigal back up there again next year and competing with the likes of one Thaggy and Lane Gather and. Uh, Tarragon should be pretty handy as well. So it should be very even competition in the Gippsland League next year. Absolutely. Well, um, big thanks to, to Blairy for coming on, coach of the uh, Wanthagi Power uh, Football Club. Um, you're with uh, Saturdays on Gippsland. Jared, thanks thanks uh, a lot for coming down to Harvey Norman Wanthagi and, and joining us today. Thanks a lot. Thanks, what up? Yes, welcome back to Saturdays in Gippsland on SEN Track 91.3 Southwest Gippsland and 91.9 Latrobe Valley. You can also listen to us live on the SEN app and at sen.com.au. We're here at the front of Harvey Norman One Thaggy, which is your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. Um, I'm going to talk through the LDCA fixtures today. Uh, Got some massive games coming up in A grade, and first first one to look out for is Invlock versus OMK, which should be a pretty even evenly uh, contested match. OMK yet to get the win this season, but uh, and Invlock had a very nice win against Club last week, where they defended only 93, so they'll be they'll be up and about. Um, it should be an interesting one. Coon Warra versus One Thaggy Club will be interesting. Cooney obviously being promoted from A grade Division Two last year, and One Thaggy Club. Missing the finals uh, for the first time in about 15 years in A grade, um, they'll they'll take on each other, uh, which should be pretty interesting after they've had, both had reasonable starts to the year. The Langatha Imperials will play in Arena at the Langatha Turf, and Phillip Island will host Langatha Town, which should be a massive match after Phillip Island have started the season unbeaten. And I think just, I'll just double check that Town might have. Town haven't lost a game either, so that's a massive match between probably the two best batting lineups in the comp. And then in A2, uh, Kilcunda Bass will play Menion Dumbork United at Bass. Glen Alvey will host Foster just around the corner at the Wanthaggy Recreation Reserve. And OMK's second side will play Nyora at Outram, and Currumbarra will host Wanthaggy Club's second side. So some massive matches today. If you're in the area, be sure to call in and um, view it because 
I reckon there'll be some very close matches and um, we've got to support local sport as best as we can, especially in some tough times lately. So that's it for the LDCA today. After this break, we will be speaking to international motocross star Jed Beaton, who's just returned from Europe um, and he's going to be heading out to the... Uh, heading out to the Wanthaggy motocross track today for the AMX MX Open. So we'll have a chat to him right after this. Saturdays in Gippsland here for SEN Track 91.3 Southwest Gippsland and for the Latrobe Valley 91.9. You can also tune in and listen on the SEN app or at sen.com.au. We're here at Harvey Norman Wanthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. Sam, I might. Hand over to you because we've 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 just had a massive um, star in in Jared Blair join yep. us, um, but we've also got you know an international motocross star. He's a local lad. Um, hand over to you, Sam. Yeah, um, the, a few people around uh, Victoria might not have heard of Jed Beaton, but I assure you he is massive in Europe. He uh, a, a big hit amongst the European locals in his uh, career now as a motocross rider. Um, not not now. I shouldn't say now. He's been doing it since he was probably old enough to walk but uh, he's just returned from Europe and uh, I'm very happy to catch up with him the other day after being a close friend of his for many years now and um, I'm glad to see him back in Wanthaggy. Welcome to the show Jed. Yeah cheers, thanks for having me. Um, mate we got the AMX MX Open at Wanthaggy this weekend with uh, the best riders from across Australia competing for more than 20,000 prize money. Uh, how popular are you going to be out at the track at Wanthaggy today, mate, do you think? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I haven't been home for a while, so, I mean, not many people recognise you without a helmet on, so, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, do, you do you reckon people have forgotten I mean, you by now, mate? No, I, I don't know, you know, they don't really know you without a helmet on, so it's a bit difficult to recognise, like, who people are, so, um, I mean, yeah, it'll be... It'll be a good weekend, I'd say. All the boys from Australia are out there, so, um, yeah, they'll put on a pretty, pretty good show, I'd say. Um, they've got most of the top guys down, so, um, yeah, it should turn out to be a good event. Good prize money, so uh, people will be going going hard for it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and for the, for the listeners that don't know, uh, Jed's yeah, a former Wanthaggy local uh, who's been racing in the MX2 division of the MXGP, which is now a worldwide uh, motocross championship. You've finished fifth overall in MX2 this year, and um, now he's earned a spot up against the big boys in the MXGP, riding for the F&H Kawasaki racing team again. How did you uh, race? Uh, how did you rate your year just gone, Jed? Uh, I mean, it was okay, a little bit up and down, you know, uh, sometimes not everything goes to plan, but um, yeah, I come into the season like a little bit injured, um, and with our sport, I mean, you got to try to stay injury-free, as injury-free as possible, but yeah, obviously, entered the season with a bit of an injury, so it um, took me a while to get going, and by the time I ended up getting going, I was a, a long way behind in the points, so um I mean, it was a bit of a tough season. There were some good results here and there, but uh, all in all, I mean, it, it wasn't the the result I was aiming for. But uh, like I said, not not everything goes to plan as always. So, um, I mean, you live and learn. And now I'm just looking forward to next year. Like you said, I'm in the the bigger class, so um, it's a it's a pretty huge step. So um, I'm just looking forward to setting some new goals and then seeing what we can achieve in that class. And then yeah, hopefully build everything from there. So, so you you raced with F and H Kawasaki um, before, is that right? 
Yeah, yeah. I started off like I pretty much started off my career over there with them in the MX2 class. So uh, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty familiar with where I'm going back to. What 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 year was that, mate? When did you move over to Europe? Uh, I moved over in 2017. That was my first year, and then the 2018 season was my first year in the MX2 class, so World Championship, and that was with those guys. Okay, okay, and uh, what you've been there for two years without being able to come back home to Australia. How, how have you coped with that, man? Yeah, I mean, for me, and it's, it's quite quite okay obviously Holly my girlfriend she's obviously Victoria or Montaggy as well so um, yeah we met now she moved over with me and, and I mean that's made it a whole lot easier to stay there and, and we've got our own little apartment and stuff like that so it wasn't too difficult uh, on that side uh, obviously I miss all family and friends and stuff like that but mm-hmm. um, yeah on the living side of things it was quite easy to stay over there and, and just do, a, do our own little thing and then uh, yeah when we got the opportunity to come back this year um, yeah we jumped on it pretty much we don't get so much time to come back because my season is always from like end of February to the to the end of October September time sort of time depending on whether they change the races or not um, so we don't get much of a time frame to come home so this year we jumped on it as quick as we could really Yep, and yeah, for the listeners who don't know, Jed's girlfriend Holly is a one thaggy local who was a, a gun junior athlete in a lot of things. Jed, how how does it feel to probably um, be worse than your girlfriend at every sport except for riding motorbikes, mate? Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty bad. I try not to think about it too much, you know. So uh, yeah, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> No, no, no. Um, sorry, sorry for that, mate. Just, just we just tell the truth on this station. That's that's about it. Um, so, and what, oh, what, how, when are you, when are you going back? When are you going back to Europe with Holly, mate? Uh, so, sixth of January, I'm booked in to go back, and then yeah, we head. Uh, I'll head straight to uh, Amsterdam, and then I'm there only for a few days, and then head to uh, Italy for like a pre-season camp type of thing. Um, so then we'll head there for about uh, a month, I think. The plan is. So, so you're based you're based out of Amsterdam, and how, how many different countries do you get to throughout the space of one season, mate? Oh, that's difficult. I mean, I don't try I try not to count, but I mean, yeah, there's sometimes there's a few races in the same country, but yeah, we're just I mean, we're in and out pretty quick, so we don't get to see that much. I'd say we're in, yeah, we're in probably I don't know eight or nine different countries a year, just racing and stuff, but. I mean, it sounds like a lot, but you don't really get to see that much. You re- you really just fly in, do your race, and fly back out because generally the race is a week after week, so um, it's pretty difficult to stay around and, and check some stuff out. But uh, yeah, I'd say a fair few. And and how how much uh, more media work will you be doing in the MXGP uh, division next year, mate? Do you think you'll be in front of the camera and the microphone quite a bit? Oh, I mean, that all depends on how you go, really. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, if you're doing well, they, they, you'll be doing a fair bit of media stuff. But, I mean, in the end of the day, it's, um, yeah, I, don't, I would say it's not annoying, but it's like a little bit of a distraction. I like trying to stay away from it as much as I can. It's, uh, I like going there and doing my thing. But, I mean, if you're doing well, they're, they're pretty on tour with you doing all the media stuff. So, um I mean, in that side of things, it's pretty much on depending on how you're going and how your year's been, really. Yeah, awesome, mate. All right, well, we'll leave you to it. We'll let you 
get out to the track at 130 today, mate, and I'm sure you'll uh, the hand will be working pretty fast with uh, all the people asking for your signature, and I'm sure you'll be getting a few selfie requests as well, mate. So best of luck with no, that, and thanks, heaps, thanks heaps for joining the show, mate. I'll, I'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, no worries. Thanks heaps for having me on. Good to chat to you. All right, so there he is, Locke, Jed Beaton, fresh back from Europe after two years dominating in the uh, MX2 division over there. Um, not You don't know a heap about motocross riding, mate? No, nah, look, as you can tell, um, Sammy, I know I know Jed from, from way back, but um, it's great to see him back here in, in one thing and yep. enjoying some family time and, and whatnot. But um, I don't know a lot about the, the um, motorbikes, so I, I'll be I, fair. I know, I know probably just as much as you, mate, but if I, if, if I didn't know Jed... I'd, I'd know absolutely nothing. So Sounds like he's going really well, though, Sammy. And, and um, just from, from what I took uh, away from um, his words there, were that he, you know, he's going up to a higher division, so he's mm. challenging himself. And, um, yeah, really looking forward to the upcoming season, which we're believing is kicking off in February. Yeah, and um, the, the thing with motocross racing is that we've got so many gun Aussies that... And it's not just motocross, it's motorsport as well. Daniel Ricciardo obviously gets a bit of love in the F1, but um, we've got blokes like Jack Miller and Remy Gardner in the MotoGP and um, Hunter and Jet Lawrence, who are superstar motocross riders in uh, the States, but <laughs> the average sports fan. Like, uh, you probably consider yourself a above-average sports fan. You probably wouldn't have heard of a lot of uh, these people that do so well internationally. It's, it is good to... Uh, get Jet on and give the sport a bit of a plug because there is a lot of people that are into it at the moment. Absolutely. Um, and his exposure is only going to go up. If, he, if he's in a higher division now of, of racing, um, I'm sure that he's going to start to get a little bit more um, recognition um, you know, across the world, but also back here um, in Australia. So fantastic. And, yep. and we appreciate Jed coming on um, this morning. Yeah, and uh, just uh, following on from Jed after the news, we will be having a chat to Port Adelaide young gun and former Foster Tiger superstar Xavier Dersma. So looking forward to that one. Lock out how do you think he's gonna uh, how do you think he'll be going this season? I love watching um, Xavier play. Um, you know, I love, you know, his game style and he seems to um, he's a, a key pillar in um, Port Adelaide's um, premiership um, tilt, you know, in the upcoming mm. season and he's slotted in really nicely over the last few years. So really looking forward to to having him on and and have a having a chat to him, and um, you know, seeing how preseason's going for for the power. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty pretty amazing how uh, how quickly he's become a regular fixture in the side. So we'll ask him about that and about the season coming up, and um, it, it should be a really good chat. And we'll be back with you to do that after the news headlines now. Saturdays in Gippsland for SEN. 91.3 Southwest Gippsland and 91.9 for the Latrobe Valley. You can listen in on the SEN app or at sen.com.au. We're broadcasting here from Harvey Norman in Wanthaggy. Your best local store for computers and electrical click and collect is available now. Um, Sammy, we're joined. We're very privileged to be joined yep. by um, a, a, an up-and-coming star in the AFL world. Um, he's a local Gippsland boy, um, originally from from Foster, and it's fantastic that he joins us today. Um, we've got. Port Adelaide star Xavier Dersma. Thanks for joining us, mate. G'day, boys. Thanks very much for having me on. No worries, mate. It's um, it's really, really appreciate you coming on the show and and having a chat to us, mate. Um, yeah. How is preseason tracking um so far? Have you got a little bit of a break coming up um over the Christmas period? Yeah, yeah. Preseason's been going well so far. Um, it's obviously been a bit of a, a bit of a weird year with obviously more COVID. 
COVID-19 impacting it, but um, yeah, it's been a good pre-season so far. The boys have come back in ripping shape, um, which is a credit to, credit to them and our, our fitness staff as well, putting in the work in the off-season, um, which you know allows us to really train and turn up the intensity now. Um, and that's a really good time for us early. So we've come back looking really good. Um, and personally, I've come back and put about four kilos on, um, put about 86, I'm about 86 kilos at the minute. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been, look, been, been working pretty hard of, and, and getting pretty strong, so um, going well so far, which is good. Yeah, cool. And and for the for the listeners who don't know, as Locke said before, he, Xavier played his junior football for Foster, where he was um, an absolute superstar. Everybody could see a, an AFL uh, career coming up. And then he captained Gippsland Power and then was selected with pick 18 in the 2018 draft to Port Adelaide. Xavier, how uh, how difficult has it been living away from home in, in Adelaide, mate? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, was, uh, oh, I do miss home. I miss it very much every day. Um, Foster will always be my home. Um, and it's it is difficult. I mean, especially my first year, um, I definitely got a bit homesick by the end of the year. And, um, you know, there's, there's no, no, no sugarcoating and it can be very difficult at times being away from your family and, and, and friends and extended family for a long time and, and living away. Uh, it can be, can be difficult, but I've just grown to, um, grown to love Adelaide here. It is good. It's a great city. Um, and it, there's lots of, lots of uh, things to do if, if you really look for them. Um, but there's also, I'm a pretty chilled person. I don't really like to do too much on my days off so you know I'm, I'm pretty happy with just relaxing on my day off as well so um, if, that's, if that's what you're looking for Adelaide's a good city for it um, <laughs> but yeah in saying that I am I am looking forward to I'm looking forward to getting home I haven't been home for about eight months so I'm uh, going to get home on Christmas after we finish our last week of pre-season training for pre-Christmas and um, yeah looking forward to that big time Fantastic, mate. Um, look, I think it might surprise a few people. I mean, you were, you were a high pick, but are you a little bit surprised at, at sometimes how quickly you become uh, a regular fixture in the senior side? There's a, a lot, always a lot of talk, and I'm sure you're probably sick of hearing it, but obviously yourself, Zach, Zach Butters and, and Connor Rosie, the, the, the big three that all come in um, at the same time. Um, but, but your role in the side is, is a crucial one for, for Ken Hinckley. Yeah, I mean, it, is, it, it did come as a... I wouldn't call it come as a surprise because I feel like uh, us three boys worked, you know, while, while they, we were being touted as having a lot of talent, I think we worked incredibly hard to get to where we are. And I don't think, um, you know, especially within the club, and I feel like a lot of people, you know, if they saw a kind of training and see how hard all three of us worked, I don't think it would have come as too much a surprise um, for the three of us to become, you know, regular players in the team. Um, you know, I, I feel like we really earned our right to be in there. Um, as well as, you know, obviously we've just become a, a really good team in general. You know, the more the more good players around us, the help, you know, the better they help you, and the more you become as a team, just greater players as well. So uh, it, it's a big it's a big part there of, of why we've been, you know, very lucky uh, at the same time to be part of a really good club. Yeah, yeah, and and you had a, a knee injury in uh, I think round four against the Tigers la- uh, earlier this year, mate. Is is that the worst yep. injury you've had in your football career? And and how did you find the recovery process? Yeah, it certainly was the worst injury and the only surgery I've had so far in my career. I've been very lucky in terms of the of not having very long term injuries uh, and requiring surgery. So I was, I was uh, it was a bit of an eye opener for me having that that process uh, as well as the rehab. In there, so I'd never, I'd never had anything like that before. So I'd been very lucky up until I had that. I'd had that, but um, it wasn't, it wasn't a new thing for me. And 
Uh, I, I don't recommend it if you can if you can not have <laughs> surgery on your knee and and uh, escape that. I, I'd recommend it highly, but uh, you know at the same time it, it's good for the development and you know it's always good to you, you really see what you, you know what you can test yourself with in terms of how far are you willing to go to push yourself to get back and play and um, you know what what's your body really capable of. So. You know, there are good things that come out of it, and I suppose that that's, that's how you have to look at it, but it was it was a typical period, yeah. SEN Gippsland here. So we're joined by uh, Port Adelaide star Xavier Derzema, local Gippsland boy. Um, Xavier, oh, we had to bring it up, but the, the disappointing end to um, the last last year's finals loss to the Bulldogs, I'm sure that's a driving factor in, um, in you know, driving your, your boys um, uh, over at Alberton to to take a, a, another step and, and hopefully make a grand final and potentially win it next year, mate. How is it all shaping up? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we had a pretty disappointing end uh, last year, you know, last season, um, you know, preliminary final against the Dogs. We, we really just struggled in the end and didn't perform well and the Dogs also performed extremely well. Um, and similarly, we had a, you know, it's been two years in a row of, of, of heartbreak. Um, in prelim finals, you know, we did it again. That we you know, lost by six points to, to Richmond the year before. Um, it, it really, it really stings, uh, and I think it's a massive driving factor for us this year that we just want to overcome that last, you know, the last hump or two to get to, to you know, get to the grand final and then win it. Uh, you know, we've been very, very close twice in a row, uh, and we've shown that we've beaten a really good team, you know, throughout both those seasons, the regular season, and now it's just about, you know, finishing it finishing it off and, and actually getting there and, and, and winning the grand final I think you know we haven't really spoken about it too much yet but I feel like that um, in this camp week that we got coming up and a lot of January and February preparing will be a lot of uh, focusing on how we can uh, rectify that because I know that I certainly want to and I, I really want to you know, challenge myself and I hope I hope the rest of the team feel I think the rest of the team feels the same way as we want to challenge ourselves to become better in those high pressure situations uh, yep. So that we can really just, you know, really just not, 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 I suppose not crumble, but you know, really attack and, and make, how would you say, make it, make it right? Because I feel like that we were a really good team that year, and I think we really deserved to, to probably be there. But in the end, we, we, you know, we didn't really do a very good job in the end. So we have to try and get ourselves back all the way to that point, and then overcome that challenge. I think. Yeah, and uh, you're the first. Uh Apart from apart from Jared Blair, you're the first AFL player that we've had on the show in our early infancy at the moment, mate. Do, do you keep an eye on other Gippsland boys uh, in in the AFL, mate? And do you do you keep track of how they're going or keep in touch with them at all? Yeah, yeah, certainly do. Especially the ones that have been around my age and the ones I know. I mean, uh, Sam Flanders, Ryan Angwin, um, Kaz Tarong. Uh, those are just the names off the top of my head. That I think of that are, that are going around and going quite well uh, at other clubs around the around the league. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's going to be more in the in the years to come. And I, I'd like, you know, Josh Dunkley's another one as well. Kyle Dunkley. Um, I know them. You know, and, and I think they've been doing obviously really well um, in their in their careers so far. And I do keep in touch with them quite a bit. Um, you know, as much as I can. Um, I hopefully try and see Sam and, and Ryan and uh, in the off season when I go back to Foster. Uh, to catch up with them, maybe, and maybe do a training session with them or something like that. But um, you know, try try and keep up with them. And, and the more the more Gippsland boys get drafted, the better. Because it's uh, you know we try we try and be very proud of Gippsland boy, Gippsland Power Def- boys. So definitely, mate. Um, definitely. Yeah. So we, you know we love to see we love to see more people get drafted. 
That's it. And um, with, as you mentioned, Sam and Ryan, and there's obviously been other um, Foster and Fish Creek boys that have made their way um, to the to the AFL. Why do you think that area is uh, so good with draftees, man? What, what, what is there a secret to the junior development there, or are they just blessed to have a lot of good players? <laughs> I might be pumping my dad's tyres up a bit, but I think dad <laughs> did coach all three of us uh, okay. growing up in terms of Sam, Ryan, and myself, um, and Kyle Dunkley as well. No, I'm just kidding, but um, he does do a good job, old dad. But uh, no, I mean, I suppose it's just, I suppose the boys that have just really worked hard, I think there's a lot of self-driven guys there that really want to work hard. I know that Ryan, Ryan Angwin is a, is a great example of, um, had a really hard year with COVID-19 impacting it but he just worked hard the entire season and to get himself fitter and making make himself into a better player and it ends up you know really really helping him and Sam's always, Sam Flanders has always been a massively talented um, player um, you know with a really strong frame I think ever since you know since he's about 12 or 13 years old he's always had a really strong frame been able to use it um, and he's very athletic in terms of his his jumping and his, and his um, you know quick bursts out of pack so he's always been fantastic at that stuff and you know, I feel like that those boys are, you know, excellent, and you know, it just they're just they're just good hard workers, and if you do that, then you're going to get go a long way, I think. Yeah, and and for the listeners who don't know that uh, Xavier's old man Dean has been a, um, a coach, and when he's not coaching, is heavily involved with with Gippy Power. What what's it what's it been like to have a dad that, um, well, he played reserves for Melbourne, is that right, Xavier? Yeah, he played reserves yep. and uh, from Melbourne and Sydney, uh, the yep. Sydney Swans so, as well. So. What's it What's it been like um, growing up with a dad that knows so much about the game and has been involved with so many of uh, the region's biggest names, mate? Yeah, I mean it. It is a pretty. It is a pretty. Uh, <laughs> can be good and can be bad sometimes. You, <laughs> cop some, uh, you can cop some interesting feedback on the way home from games when I was growing up, but uh, it definitely did help me in the end, and you know I'm very thankful for, for him. Because you know, I would probably wouldn't have been, you know, the player I would be without him. Um, you know, his his great his great eye for footy is is uh, is I, I think it's you know it's almost unmatched. I think, but um, his wisdom and, and game sense is, is incredible. So, you know, he's he's able to really get the best out of out of the kids kids that he coaches as well. I mean, being a school teacher, I think I think really helps um, improve or you know improve kids because he just understands kids, and I suppose that. Um, you know that that has a definite factor in being able to get the best out of them. Um, you know, understanding that you know he can really he can really understand them and, and just get the best out of them. So I feel like being a teacher really helps as well. Zave, just back to um, pre-season. Um, you mentioned camp before. Whereabouts is yep. that? And um, and I, I suppose are you are you dreading the the grueling um, sessions that'll that'll come on with that? Um, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. You're a few years into the system now, and you've played high-level footy for a long period of time now, and your body is getting stronger, as you said. But um, yeah, I'm sure there always is a bit of nervous energy approaching a camp and further into the pre-season. Yeah, there certainly is nervous energy, mate. I've got a bit of nervous energy now, and it's all next week. So um, yeah, no, you're right. It is going to be a tough week, and no, it's going to be a solid week. But in terms of where it's actually being held, we're just calling it uh, quotation marks camp week because it's all going to be here at our home base in Alberton. Um, but it's just going to be a camp load of, of everything, of, of all the stuff we do. So we're doing extra extra meetings, extra training. So we're going to probably get up to 55, 60Ks in this week. So it's going to be a big, solid week for us. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a good week because we've got a lot of things we need to tick off and, um, you know, get ourselves in, in 
very fit condition. So looking forward to it. It's going to be a solid, grueling week, but um, you know the team's going to definitely benefit from it. Yeah, and and just just one more uh, before before we let you go, Xavier. We're talking to Port Adelaide young gun Xavier Dersma. Uh, it sounds like. And I've uh, working for the South Gippsland Sentinel Times. I've followed this pretty closely. It sounds like we can expect a couple more Dersmas to be in the AFL in a few years, <laughs> mate. And maybe, and maybe a Dersma in the AFLW, mate. Is that is that right? Yeah, that that sounds about right. I mean, that's the, <laughs> that's the goal for the for the, I think for the brothers and sisters that are coming through. Uh, my sister is turning 18 next year, and she's going to be top age for the uh, for the women's uh, Gippsland Power team. She's, in the big country sport at the minute and she's been going really well um, with that and then my two two younger brothers as well Zane and Willem um, are both both pretty handy as well so um, you know I think they're all they're all really excited and I think you know I think it's a pretty exciting thing for mum and dad and, and myself as well I get pretty proud when I see see them going well it is good it's a pretty cool thing to see your brothers and sisters are going well um, but yeah. they do have do have a long way to go yet they've got to <laughs> They're going to have to keep working very hard, but, yeah, they are they are pretty good, so uh, it'd be nice to see them get drafted in the end. Yeah, I uh, I wrote an article earlier this year after I saw Zane kick three goals, I think, in his... Uh, yep. In his, his Gippy, debut. yeah, Gippy debut at only 15 years old, coming against eight, coming up against 18 and 19 year olds, mate. So I reckon yeah. that's one to look out for there. Thank, uh, thank you <laughs> very about, much. Not a bad effort. <laughs> yeah, not a, not bad, a bad effort. effort. Thank, thank you very much for joining us today, Xavier. And um, yeah, have have fun back when you get back here over Christy, mate. And best of luck for everything in the preseason and for the upcoming season, mate. Appreciate your time. No, thanks very much for having me on, guys. It's my pleasure. Thank you. There he is, Xavier Dersma, Port Adelaide, young gun. And yeah, he's just uh, getting started, I reckon. Like, I reckon there's a lot more to come for Xavier Dersma. And I think, I think the thing that really impresses me, obviously, he's got a lot of uh, athletic ability, um, but his courage is the thing that stands out to me. He's, he is gut, as gutsy as they come, I reckon. Oh, for sure, definitely. I, I think, um, yeah, he's a very watchable player and you can see how driven he is. He, he's already talking about, you know, putting on three or four kilos of weight. He's, he's very driven and I think he's going to go places definitely with his footy. Um, love Port Adelaide's culture, Sammy. Love him or hate him. Um, yeah, they're a really, um, really good team to watch and Xavier's a big part of that so um, yeah we might go into a, a break I think here where Saturday's uh, Saturday's for SEN track here in 91.3 Southwest Gippsland or Latrobe Valley is 91.9 Harvey Norman Wanthaggy your local store for computers and electrical we'll be back after the break Yes, you're listening to Saturdays in Gippsland for SEN Track. We're here at Harvey Norman Montaggy. It's good to see some locals coming down and um, purchasing some goods. Um, Sammy, the rain's uh, held off, which has been good, and I'm sure there's some uh, local junior cricket that will also be relieved that <laughs> the weather's held out. Um, in terms of cricket today, I'm, uh, I'm thinking that it'll actually be quite, not, quite a nice day um, in the field. It's a little bit overcast and a little bit windy, but um, but not too hot. You don't want it to be too hot, like. No, nah, that's right. That's right. Definitely. Um, especially, so, especially with a few of our local cricketers and their big Friday nights. Uh, <laughs> definitely. So, um, mate, we might shift a, uh, a bit of our focus to another premier local football comp, the West Gippsland Football Netball League, um, and, and have a little bit of a chat about um, the fixture that's also also been released. It's a, a fantastic competition. Um, it's sort of in and out of uh, southwest uh, Gippsland. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really good. It's a it's a new competition. That's yep. uh, into its fourth year. Uh, I think fifth. I think it'll be fifth now. First year was 2017, okay. and we, yeah, we missed out. Uh, obviously, like every other league in 2020. Yep. 
But uh, yeah, the, you're right. There is some very exciting uh, matchups in store for the 2022 season. Um, it just just on last year, it looked again like Phillip Island would be the team to beat. Um, but there was certainly some uh, stiff competition from Inverloch. Um, as as always, they're always up there, and uh, Coraline were always going to play amongst the uh, amongst the best in the end. And um, Nana Goon were also looking pretty good, but. This year, it seems like every, just just checking through the uh, socials, mate, of all the local, all the local teams, they all think that they've done enough to, to be amongst the mixed, and, and they've uh, recruited pretty well. So there will be some um, big matchups, uh, especially in the first round, which which will we will see Coraline host Phillip Island in in round one, which should be massive. Um, Kui Rutt versus Dallas, and they, those two struggled last year, but they've both recruited um, very nicely. And uh, that, the first round will be Saturday, um, April two, and they will play, they will play under lights at Kuirup, so there should be um, a few few at that game. And the Warrigal Industrials will host Garfield at Twilight matches. Always interesting. What's your take on uh, night and Twilight matches, Lock? Yeah, I've played in a couple, um, Sammy. I think they're they're good um, in terms of a spectacle. Um, <laughs> you know, it's good to draw a bit of a crowd, and you can always attract others um, because of the, uh, you know the the starting times you can attract others that wouldn't usually get to see you play um, my experience is I've played in probably half a dozen over at Langatha and um, unfortunately with with those games the weather hasn't been <laughs> too kind it's been sort of middle of winter and there's um, yeah there hasn't been a whole lot of people stick around to, to watch the game mm-hmm. um, but I, th- I still think it's something that local clubs need to persist with it's a money maker it draws draws in a bit of revenue so if you've got the facilities in terms of the lights um, and other clubs are willing to, to travel over and play under night fixtures, I think it's um, a positive thing for local sport. Yeah, it's uh, obviously smart to get them out of the way earlier in the year when we're probably closer to the nicer weather. Nobody wants to be there when it's uh, the middle of winter and we're all freezing, um, watching a bunch of blokes kick a ball around. But um, and round round three, like I want to highlight in the West Gippy competition is going to be a pretty big one. Easter weekend is it's a split round, but uh, the first one is first uh, week will be Easter weekend, and that will see uh, Inverloch uh, host Coraline, which was the first ever matchup in the um, West Gippy Grand Final. They were the two teams that battled it out, Inverloch um, smashing them in the end to claim the premiership. And also another big game, the traditional rivals, Phillip Island will be hosting Kilcunda Bass. So um, for the listeners who aren't aware, I'm a Kilcunda Bass player. I'm not sure if I'll get a game in the ones that week. <laughs> but uh, we'll be we'll be very looking forward to that. Recruited um, nicely, Sammy, the yeah, Panthers. And a new coach, a uh, Lee Rowe, who's yep. a, a, a great lad, has coached me for a year in Montagi mm-hmm. um, and has got a wealth of knowledge uh, and experience with, with footy. So he's going to do great things for Killy Bass yeah. for a few years, I'm sure. So. He's uh, very motivated, Lee, and he's been great so far in the preseason. And uh, he, he can't wait, like the rest of us, to take on Phillip Island in uh, round three. But one week at a time, mate. Definitely. As they say, yep. we're, we're looking forward to round one versus Turret and Dalmore. And it should be a very exciting year. Hopefully there's no uh, COVID interruptions like last year and we can all get back to bit of consistency and everybody enjoying themselves and playing good footy. Absolutely, mate. It's it's um it's good to see the West Gippsland fixture um out and you know 12, 12 teams to accommodate for Sammy, so not the easiest thing um to do and, and to mm. juggle. There's always going to be a few teams that are um a little bit um upset or you know disencouraged by by the fixture, but it all looks pretty even um to me and 
yeah, 12 teams, it, it, I'm sure there's probably seven or eight who really think they're a chance to um, take home the silverware. Definitely, mate. And, uh, yeah, we all, we all can't look uh, can't wait for it. And as just repeating that, the first round will be Saturday, April 2. Um, and just after the break, we, after the news headlines here, we'll be speaking to uh, a journalist and author, Paul Amy, who grew up in Wanthaggy, um, playing plenty of local sport. And he was a gun cricketer, as, as, I'm, as I've heard. And he's now working for the Herald Sun's leader newspapers, and he knows uh, quite a bit about local sport in this region and all over the country and the state as well. So looking forward to a chat to him right after these news headlines. Yes, listeners, it's Saturdays in Gippsland here for SEN Track. We're here at Harvey Norman. The winds got up again a little bit, Sammy, but um, no rain clouds, so we're, we're happy days. Um, Mate, we, we were going to have Paul Amy, and we're still just trying to uh, to link that one through, mate, but we might actually just go back to um, a bit of national sport and, and talk a little bit about um, the Ashes. We, um, we I don't even think we mentioned him before, but Travis Head, um, mm. it was a fantastic innings. It was one of, you know, a, an overrunnable century. Mm. I think one of the fastest um, test centuries at the Gabba. Um, it was unreal to see him. I think with his spot on the line, um, as it was, uh, it was the battle of himself and Usman Khawaja and, and he went out there you could see the relief on his face when um, when he punched that one down to mid on and, and uh, hit the boundary for to, to bring up his 100 yeah he uh, I'm very happy for Travis said he seems like a ripping bloke and obviously the pressure's been on so it's it's great to see someone like that step up when we really needed it definitely especially with the way that England have batted in this uh, second innings we, without a head score we would have been in serious trouble but I think I, I'm pretty sure he did it in a session yeah, it was. Yeah, he it was, was, it was in session. before. It was in before T, but he uh, he was on zero. I don't think he'd faced a ball, or maybe faced a couple, and then um, absolutely smashed them yep. in one session. And yeah, it was great to see him hug, give Starkey a big hug and um, raise the bat to his teammates and the rest of the crowd. He, I, I love I love seeing that every summer. It's, there's always somebody that stands up under pressure, and um, I'm I'm very glad that it was Travis Head this time. Yeah, and it's not an easy position to bat, number five. Sometimes you can come in when somebody's set, um, mm-hmm. as David Warner was. Um, mm-hmm. But I think for him to show the aggression that he did and just play his natural game, which is, you know, see ball, hit ball. And, um, yeah, it was fantastic for him to um, to get that, that 100 there. So just getting confirmation that um, Paul Amy's ready to go. So we're joined here uh, by lead journalist and author Paul Amy, who's a, a one thaggy lad originally. Paul, have we got you there? Hi, mate. How are you? Yeah, really well. Thanks, mate. Thank you for, for joining us. Um, you're one of the Herald Sun's uh, lead lead journalists, mate, and um, tell us a little bit about um, about your upbringings, um, early days. Uh, well, yeah, I spent a, a fair a, a fair chunk of my uh, early years in uh, South Gippsland, mate. We uh, uh, we we moved to uh, Fish Creek, Beard Road, Fish Creek, when we when I was a little fella, and. Uh, uh, moved uh, then moved to Wonsaggy, so um, went to Wonsaggy. Uh, I think it's Wonsaggy Secondary College now, isn't it, mate? But it used to be the Tech. Yep, it is. Yep. Tech. It's changing and, to uh, Bass Coast Secondary, uh, Bass Coast College next year, actually, mate. So but yeah, it's, it's Wonsaggy. It's Wonsaggy oh, now. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so it was good school. I was um, uh, had I was lucky enough to have a great English teacher called John Sutton, um, who's still alive and well. I think he's uh, be given ninety a nudge living at Inverloch. He was a uh, great encouragement with my writing. And uh, I think I was in about year nine. I was trying to think of it this morning when I started doing some cricket for the for the Sentinel Times. <laughs> um, 
just doing the old one, Faggy District Cricket Association. Um, and uh, I can still remember on Sunday mornings, uh, about 10 o'clock, taking the... Uh, Taking the uh, my story into the uh, office there in uh, McBride Avenue, is it? Yeah, yep. it is. Yep. And uh, the legendary uh, Tom Gannon uh, used to used to uh, take my copy and go through it line by line. Um, yes, I was lucky in that regard, mate, to have the uh, the, the, the legendary Tom Gannon, um, you know, handling my copy and giving me many straight to the point tips and. Yeah. So I've read, I've gone through some of Tom's work in the last few years, and gee, South Gippsland was lucky to have him because he could have written for any newspaper in the world. Yeah, yeah. And before we Riding get to, exactly. before we get to your uh, your rise to the to the Herald Sun, mate, I, I'm aware that, I've been told that you're a gun junior cricketer. Is that right? I'm not sure about gr- a gun junior cricketer, mate. Um, <laughs> Uh, to be fair, I couldn't hit out of the ruck circle. Um, <laughs> but no, I played. Uh, I played for Darlston, mm-hmm. and I was lucky enough to play with the, the great Russell Cleland, Huck Cleland. He yep. came to coach us, and we were no good, Darlston. But he sort of single-handedly carried us to um, you know some success. He brought. He brought. Uh, two or three or four kids up from the we were playing juniors at the time and he moved us into A grade and um, you know we all sort of lifted around Russell Russell Cleveland and um, we made a grand final against Workers Club yep. at South Reserve and it's, it's, it's a sort of a semi-famous grand final I think you could say because it went for five days Workers Club made 550 with Darren Tiziani making 200, Gavin Boulding 100, and uh, the late Blair, the late Blair Hunter 100 retired first. And I think Dale's in reply, we made about 380. Right. And we we're, we're about two, we we're about two for 300 at one stage. Uh, Russell Clune, of course, got a century. And uh, yeah, but Workers Club end up winning the match. But I mean, that was. It was a remarkable grand final. Workers yeah. Club 550. We dropped about 20 catches. <laughs> and um, yeah, so no, I captain. I was captain of Darlson for a few years, and then um, when I moved downtown, I just played down here. But it was uh, a great upbringing up there in Wonsaggi, and had some great coaching from uh, you know fellows like Butch West, and um, it, was a, it was a really robust competition back then. You're throwing yeah, around terrific. some some pretty famous local names um, there, Paul. You know, to to the local um, Basco Shire and um, and South Gippsland, a lot of uh, famous cricket names. So I'm sure listeners will appreciate um, some of those names getting um, thrown around. You play well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Darren Tiziani's in your likes. Just 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 quickly before just before you answer that, Paul, um, Zach Reid and Essendon. Uh, up and comer is just walking past us. We'll be sure to get him on the show sometime soon. Is, that's this is the beauty. Guys, this is the beauty of our local 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 radio. We, we've got everybody walking past us. But sorry, get back to get back to your answer <laughs> there, Paul, about uh, some local local legends. Oh no, I mean you yeah, know Darren uh, Darren Tiziani was. I mean he he was a phenomenal batsman. Uh, 
think he gave he gave cricket away at a relatively young age, Darren, probably before he turned thirty. And um, but he, you know, he was very prolific up there. Gavin Bolding was a very prolific batsman, and of course, uh, the late Lee Hunter, uh, God rest his soul. Um, you know, gee, he was a phenomenal cricketer, Blair. We we went to Junior Country Week. Do they still have Junior Country Week up there? Yeah. Yep. Uh, we the, we Butch West took us we took us over there we in Junior Country Week one year and we end up winning the final at the Terrelgan Ground. Um, I can't recall who we defeated, but I think it was the first time one Thuggy had won a, uh, a Junior Country Week carnival and uh, Lee Hunter got under this absolute skyer. The ball went a mere miles an hour. Four of us could have caught it, but in truth, only three, only one of them wanted to, and that was Blair Hunter. The rest of us ran three <laughs> weeks the other way. Uh, yeah. It was a very tight match, and no, Blair took it, and we he, we won, and he was a phenomenal cricketer, and he, I'm just at Shepley Oval, Dandenong, this morning, and uh, because Blair came down here at Dandenong and played some good first eleven cricket for Dandenong, and his first wicket was the, uh, the legendary Fitzroy Doncaster batsman, uh, John Barrel Skulls. So and, you know, Blair was also a very, you know, accomplished footballer. Yeah. And um, it's great that his uh, his nephew Jake Thomas, who's got a back injury at the moment, but he's playing here at Dandenong as well. So it's it's good that 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 sort of link keeps going through. Yeah, Jacob Thomas going very well when he's not injured for Dandenong, and his older brothers. Uh, Ryan and uh, Mitch dominating for One Thaggy Club. Um, Paul, tell us tell us about your your, your journey uh, to leading newspapers, mate, and covering um, some some massive sporting events for for the Herald Sun, mate. Oh no, I got a I just got a good grounding at um, like, I, like I said at the Sentinel Times. Yeah, uh, I started off, and then I got a cadetship at the old Standard newspapers. I uh, went and worked in Sydney for a time um, on the Manly Daily doing some court stuff, which was good, and uh, came back and, um, and worked at Leader for a long time and, and uh, you know, been doing stuff for Herald Sun for the last, I don't know, five years, I suppose, online stuff and a bit in paper and some stuff for the Weekly Times. And... No, it's great. It's... Uh, you know, do the VFL and do the the under 18s and um, you know do some uh, do the district and sub district cricket. It's um, you know if you love sport, it's a um, that's a pretty good round, isn't it? Like I'm, I was driving here this morning and thinking it's not a bad little job when you can go and watch sport and get paid to do it. You know, um, absolutely. But yeah, always always thankful for that. Uh, you know, for uh, Brian Blake was the old editor of the Sentinel Times, uh, who you know got me in to do some um, got me in to do some cricket, and as I said, the, having the legendary Tom Gannon, um, you know, basically teaching you English grammar on the spot on a Sunday morning, and uh, you know that was that was priceless, really. Um, yeah, very, very lucky, and, and it's great that the, the Sentinel Times is, you know, is still going strong because I'm aware that 
some of the other papers up there went toes up last year, unfortunately, including the um, Langata Star, which uh, I still sort of can't, can't get my head around, you know. But the Sentinel's still going well. Yep, going well. It sure is, Paul. Um, the man sitting next to me, Sam Watson, is uh, doing great things for local sport um, for, for the South Gippsland Central Times. So I'm, uh, I'm sure yeah, in one way your your legacy uh, is still going strong in writing for about local local sport down here. I'm not I'm not sure I left any great legacy, mate, but <laughs> I, I do know that Malcolm Conn, who's now sort of at the... Sydney Morning Herald. He's made yep. a bit of a comeback after working in PR, but of course he he came out of uh, one saggy mm. and um, and learnt his learnt his trade shoulder to shoulder with uh, Tom Gannon, Malcolm yeah, Conn, and also played played cricket at Glen Elvey, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, not not too many uh, bigger cricket riders than uh, Malcolm Conn, so we're very proud to have him come out of one thaggy, and uh, he'll be on the show. Uh, in, in the coming weeks, I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'm sure we'll get him to come on. But um, Paul, you, you you still have a strong connection to Gippsland, obviously just hearing you speaking, and you always find a bit of time to cover Gippsland footy. Um, apart from it being where, where you came from, why why do you like writing about Gippsland sport, mate? Oh well, I suppose you know there's a bit of an attachment there. Like you grow up, and I've still got you know some of my. Uh, you know, I mean, my dad's buried in Wonthaggy. My brother, uh, Craig, lives in Wonthaggy. Um, you know, some of my best mates, you know, are still in South Gippsland. Fellas like Stephen Brand and Tim Hooper and um, Stephen Tan. You know, so I've always maintained great friendships with those guys. And um, I, I, the bit... The best thing I did this year, truthfully, in sport was when Melbourne Sport closed down, the weekly time sent me to mid-Gippsland football for the day. So I popped into the Yanar ground and saw Yanar and my old mob, Fish Creek, and then I drifted on to Ballara to watch Ballara and Foster. So I saw some people there that I hadn't seen for many years, including Robbie, Robbie Best from the Foster Mirror, who I have... I do see quite often, but oh, it was just a wonderful day of country football. And I think sometimes when you get away from, you know, covering the VFL, you, when you go back to country footy, you understand the passion and, the, and maybe even the, the tribalism of it. You know, those great rivalries and the goals are kicking you, the two to the car horns and. Uh, you go into the huddles and you hear the the coaches and you and even before the game you, sm- you get that smell of the, the liniment. Yeah. You know, country footy is a wonderful thing and it, it and the netball as well. And it it binds the communities together. It gives it gives communities a sense of belonging and you know, maybe even achievement. It's a it's a real focal point yep. for those towns, isn't it? So yeah, for sure. And and it's if it's if if local sports healthy, I think communities are healthy because you know it's a it adds vitality to one's life to play a bit of sport and engage with with other people. 
Anyway, that yep. might sound like a bit of guff, but that's what no, I No, 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 not at all. Com- completely, completely agree, mate. And, um, yeah, we, we thank you very much for coming on the show, mate, and you're doing great work and doing a lot, even even with uh, Leader. You're still doing a lot to promote sport in Gippsland, so we really appreciate that. Um, I'm sure I'm sure we'll catch up with you soon on the show again, and um, thanks heaps for coming on. Where are you based at, boys? Uh, we're, we're at Harvey Norman One Saggy today, mate. So yeah, it's, hopefully we can get you. Hopefully we can get you to come into the makeshift studio sometime soon. But uh, well, I well, think we've got well, we've got. Great thing. Yeah, that's, that's a great it. thing that's... we're doing promoting sport. So uh, you know, keep up the keep up the great work. All right, thanks, Paul. We've got to get to a break. We'll uh, be back with a little bit of West Gippy chat after this. Cheers. Yes, welcome back to Saturdays in Gippsland on SEN Track and 91.3 Southwest Gippsland and 91.9 Latrobe Valley. Uh, Nathan Lyon, he's got his 400th Test wicket, dismissing Dawood Milan on 82, caught by Marnus Labuschagne. I haven't seen the wicket, but it might have been in close if it was Marnus. Um, so now the Poms are three for 224, still trailing by 54 runs, and uh, that's that's a good start. It's a good start for Australia um, for today. If if we can get a couple of wickets here, I reckon it, uh, the the match might be all wrapped up for uh, for this one in Brisbane. But we are here for Harvey Norman One Thaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. I'm just going to run through a couple of the offers that one saggy Harvey Norman have got for us. If you can buy a selected TV, um, 75 inch and above, you receive a bonus wall mount installation. If you buy a selected soundbar, they will install that too. Or if you choose a bonus $300, or you can choose a bonus $300 Harvey Norman gift card. The Dyson V8 Animal Stick Vacuum is available for only $549 and the Google Nest Hub's from only $77, plus heaps more at your local store, Harvey Norman, One Thaggy. Um, we'll be back for a quick uh, after this quick break to talk a little bit about the Ashes, and we'll wrap up the show. Saturdays in Gippsland here for SEN. We're out the front of Harvey Norman, One Thaggy. It's good to see a few more locals trickling in and, and looking to get their hands on a bargain. So uh, for SEN track, 91.3 Southwest Gippsland or 91.9 for the Latrobe Valley. Sam, as we speak, Joe Root has just been dismissed. My scorecard is yet to update, but that would make England 4 for 230. Yeah, they, uh, they might be. It's yet to update on mine. They might be looking for the front foot. Uh, Cam Green caught caught uh, Joe Root so um, that's a massive get for the Aussies and I reckon we're on the we're not too far away from a victory now with Milan and uh, Root out so I, um, I I think I think that we should wrap this up by the end of today yeah but, this this session was always going to be crucial I think getting a couple of wickets if Milan and Root had a dug in um, the Aussies might have been in a little bit of trouble, Sammy. Sorry, that was Cam Green bowled it and was caught behind by Alex Carey. So great to see Cam Green get another wicket. Um, he was he was stoked after getting that uh, that first one. Who, who do you remember who he dismissed in the first innings? Um, it was caught down at fine leg by Josh Hazelwood. I think it, it might was have been Ollie, Ollie Pope. Yeah, it was yeah. Ollie Pope, and so. it was a great catch by Josh Hazelwood. It was. And he did another one to uh, get. Cummins is Pfeiffer. I think Hazelwood put a little bit of extra effort in because <laughs> Cam Green um, toiled away last summer against India on some pretty flat pitches and, and didn't get a wicket at all. So Josh Hazelwood come in from the boundary and really put in that extra yard to make sure he took the catch to yeah. get him his first test wicket. Yeah, he's uh, very... Uh, 
Hazelwood, uh, I've never thought of him as a gun fielder, but he did very well on, on those two occasions, and it's, it was great to see Cummins get fired for in his first innings as captain. Oh, unreal. Unreal. I think um, I myself had a few hesitations about it. Um, me and you both wouldn't have seen a, a bowling uh, captain in our time, Sammy. It may be more of a thing of the pastime, but... Um, yeah, it was good to see him come out and still execute what he's meant to do, which is you know bowl fast and take wickets. So, and how, how do you think? How do you think it's worked with Steve Smith so far? Do you, do you reckon that's that's tracking nicely? It's good. I was going to touch on it before with even Travis Head as well. He captains South Australia's Shield level. Um, Alex Carey behind the stumps is always a field fielding keeper. So, um, and and he's a captain as well in his own right. So they'll all help Paddy Cummins for sure. All right, and that wraps up Saturdays in Gippsland. Uh, thank you very much for hosting the show, Lockie. did a great job filling in for Rob Popplestone. My name's Sam Watson. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk more things local sport and obviously international sport as well, and we'll have some huge guests in store. Speak then.